You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the Course Report Podcast. I'm Liz Eggleston and I run Course Report, so I spend a ton of time not only helping students choose the right coding bootcamp, but also thinking about and tracking and researching this industry at large. And on today's episode, we are talking about how women do in coding bootcamps. So we do a survey each year of real coding bootcamp graduates to find out who is attending coding boot camps and how successful they are after they graduate because we really do see promising results from boot camp alumni, you know, high salaries, interesting jobs. Um, but if it's just white male programmers breaking into tech through boot camps, then, you know, are we really doing anything that interesting? So we took the data that we got from that survey and we dug into specific demographics this year. And because we've been doing the report for a couple of years now, we can see year over year how those demographics are changing. Um, you can read that full report. I'll add a link to the show notes, but we found some pretty illuminating data about gender in coding boot camps. So I invited two awesome ladies from Full Stack Academy and the Grace Hopper program to talk through this with me. So welcome to Karen and Ellie. Hi there. Hello. Ellie is a bootcamp alum. She graduated from Full Stack Academy last October. And Karen is an instructor at Grace Hopper program and at Full Stack. Uh, Grace Hopper is an all women's bootcamp. It's part of Full Stack Academy, but it's for all women. And they offer deferred tuition, which we'll talk about. So on today's podcast, we are going to explore how boot camps are doing on this front, how the number of women in boot camps has changed over time, what boot camps themselves could do to move towards gender parity, uh, if all women's boot camps are actually good or bad for the problem. It's a tiny source of tension. Uh, and how women can use boot camps to make the transition into tech. So there's so much to talk about, and I can't wait to hear from Ellie and Karen. Uh, just a reminder, we will publish a full transcript of this podcast on the Course Report blog. If you sign up for our newsletter, you'll be the first to know when this and other pieces are published on the blog. So that's my one shameless plug for Course Report. All right, so let's get started. So Karen, although it's arguably improving, I think it's clear that women have historically been left out of STEM and computer science in traditional education. Only 18% of undergraduate computer science degrees are awarded to women. So Karen, how did you get into tech as a career? Was your path traditional? What brought you here? Yeah. Thanks, Liz. So if you mean by traditional, you mean a CS degree, then no, my path was not very traditional. But I do come from a STEM background, uh, which can be helpful, but in no ways necessary. Um, like Ellie, I am a full stack grad. It was just a while back, but my degree itself is in biology. Um, I was fortunate enough to realize that I enjoyed tech and programming in college. And so even though I didn't plan for it to be a career, I was able to get a couple classes under my belt. Um, but my goal and plan was to actually do research. And after college, I did some research um, studying stem cells, which was super cool. Um, 
But I did decide instead of going on to graduate school that I instead wanted to go to a boot camp. And like I'm sure we'll talk about later, a boot camp does provide a lot of advantages over like going back to get a four-year degree in a different field like computer science, right? Um, so I went through the full-stack program about two and a half years ago and then stayed on as a teaching fellow, the same as Ellie is doing right now, and which there's, she'll talk more about this, I'm sure, but we're teaching assistants that help out with that incoming cohort. But it's through that path that I realized how much I loved teaching and helping people get into this space. And so since then, I've stayed on at Full Stack Academy and got to help with the Grace Hopper program when it started, which is our all-women's program. And I just never left. Um, so <laughs> not completely traditional because I don't have a computer science degree. Um, I think this is one of the fields where while a computer science degree is helpful in a theoretical way, it is really can be considered a trade that you learn and improve upon and then you can go back and fill in those conceptual gaps as you go, which makes it a great second career for people coming in and wanting to like change the course of their life a little bit. And I just love helping people with that. It's something that I have found that is really important to me. Well, yeah, Karen, why why is it important, I guess, not only to educate new developers, um, but more specifically to educate women developers? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I was given a second chance to figure out what I wanted to do in life. And like I said, it does really bring me a lot of joy to be able to do that for other people. Like I'm enriching their lives. And that stand, that goes for all of my students, not just the women. But something I've realized from being in tech is that, um, you know, the tech space is really lacking women. That means that teams are lacking women and diversity and products are being built, you know, by if they're built being built just by men, but their users are people of many different walks of life and um, men and women, it hurts those products and it hurts the companies when the people creating the product aren't representative of those using it. Um, and so I feel like by helping more women get into the field, I'm not only helping those women that were like myself, but also feel like I'm helping the field itself. And so I think it's really important that we are helping change this gender disparity so that the field itself can give us better products and have better workforces, better morale going forward, right? Yeah, I think that's smart. We talk a lot about like this moral imperative to achieve gender parity in, in tech, um, but it's also like an imperative to just improve the field that we all love so much. Mm -hmm. I like being able to like specifically give my women students like that role models, like I did it. It was hard. I felt imposter syndrome, but I know you can do it too because I've been there and that gives me a nice position to be in to help women specifically getting into the field. Yeah. So Karen was in biology uh, before going to Full Stack. Ellie, what were you doing uh, before you went to Full Stack Academy? Um, just like Karen, I did not have a traditional background. Um, so I actually started by studying philosophy in college, which um, has not much to do with STEM. Um, but I did spend a lot of time in the logic area of philosophy. So taking logic classes, doing advanced seminars in logic, and being a TA 
philologic classes, which um, then turned out to really help me. But when I was fresh out of, fresh out of college um, with my philosophy degree, I really did not anticipate doing anything that had to do with science or computers. Um, I was always really driven by the idea of helping people. And so nonprofit seemed like a, a, great, a great place to start. Um, and then I ended up shifting into HR and recruiting, where I worked for three years in New York City. So again, nothing to do with uh, computer science, tech, coding, or the sciences in general. But while doing HR and recruiting, I felt like I could do a little more. Um, it was a lot of meetings, a lot of emails, a lot of scheduling, a lot of very administrative work. And I felt like I was uh, not using my full potential the way that I did maybe in college. But I was also very lucky to work with the tech teams at those companies and doing tech recruiting for them. And so hanging out with the engineers, I realized that I really got along with them and I was fascinated by the type of problems they were solving. And so they're the one who encouraged me to try out coding. So, you know, not completely satisfied with my role um, in HR and recruiting. And then so about a year ago, I was like, okay, fine, I, I want a carrot change, so I'll try coding. So I went on udacity.com, which is um, one of these online places where you can learn how to code and tried the free intro to Java class. So I kind of picked it randomly and I fell in love so hard. That's the only thing I wanted to do after work every day. Just, yeah, get done with my work at the office, go home and code for two or three hours. So I looked around for options and uh, found that the bootcamp way was a good one. And so I visited a few boot camps, fell in love with full stack and the philosophy here of um, supporting each other and, and working together towards this greater goal of, you know, changing careers and entering tech and applied, got in and I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really cool because I talked to a lot of or I talked to some women who say that they started in computer science. But then when they got to like their first university computer science class, there were zero women in their class. And it was just like, a terrible experience. And so they like dropped out of CS and then got back into it through a boot camp. I guess, what are some of the barriers to entry that you hear from women in your classes that you teach or mentor? Ellie, this is for you too, because we can talk about this in a second, but you are a full stack fellow, which means that you're mentoring newer students. Uh, are there hurdles that you hear from women specifically in your classes? Something that I very much believe is that like women don't need a separate program to be successful. That's not the point of the Grace Hopper program. But there are these invisible barriers, or they seem invisible a lot of the time. They work to keep women out of tech that um, we're trying to get rid of and abolish in both of our programs. But Grace Hopper has like a different way of going about that. But those barriers are... A lot of the same ones that you mentioned where, say, a woman does try out computer science in college, maybe did grow up um, tinkering around with computers a little bit and knows that she enjoys it, but left then not because they didn't enjoy it or because they weren't good at it, but because they didn't feel that they fit into the culture. If they are one of the only women in the entire department, it's easy to not feel welcome in that male-dominated environment because there's this feeling that if they didn't grow up playing with robots or playing video games, um, that tech isn't for them, that it's for people who want to sit in a basement and like, you know, hack at things and play video games. And that's not necessarily the case, of course, but that's still the idea that I think a lot of us are raised with 
um, not really on purpose, but you know, you see these sitcoms and things, and you have like the nerdy guy that's good at hacking and plays video games, um, and then the girl that doesn't know any of that stuff, and there, that's definitely a very large barrier because you just don't really feel like you fit in with that culture, and that even if you enjoyed doing the thing, like the coding, you wouldn't enjoy being with that group of people, even if they are very nice and very supportive. Um, then you have the other side of the coin. Like I grew up playing a lot of video games and things, but then I get the opposite side of the coin where um, from men I'll often get like, oh, you play video games, you're a unicorn. You're not like other women. And that just almost is worse, right? Because you're then separating from other women. So there's a lot of these barriers that make it hard for women in computer science, um, or just think thinking that that's a thing that they could do, because the whole skill is kind of gendered as a masculine activity. Um, so in, in boot camps, you're able to lower these barriers a little bit, especially in an all-women's program, um, because you don't have to worry about that particular like fear of the culture fit. Um, now, I think that we try really hard in the co-ed full stack course to like, you know, we can kind of try as much as we can to create our own culture and like train people to control like unconscious, like stereotypes and biases they might have, which can be helpful, but to get people to actually apply, it can be helpful to know that they're going into this all women environment that they might, it's going to be other people that might feel more like them. It's easier to have that acute imposter syndrome when you are part of a minority that society has told you, I shouldn't be here. Do you hear more questions from women in Grace Ho at Grace Hopper than, than you do at <laughs> Full Stack? That would be like the number one thing that I would predict in like a an all women's class is just like being able to actually ask questions. <laughs> that is definitely a, a big part of it. That's a little hard to measure because I think a lot of times the women who choose to go to full stack might be ones that are com more comfortable, you know, asking those questions in that co-ed space. Does that make sense? So it's not completely the same population in that sense, but I do think it allows the women at Grace Hopper to not have to worry about proving that they are a good programmer despite being a woman. Like they don't have to do that extra proof. Therefore, they probably do feel much more comfortable admitting, hey, I don't understand this one thing and asking that question. At least that's yeah. the hope. Yeah. Ellie, when you were making the transition from recruiting and talking with engineers at your company and, you know, kind of getting your toes wet in coding, what was your perception of the gender split in tech? Like, did you have a... Did that hold you back at all? Was it a concern? Um, so for me, coming out of HR and recruiting, which was a female-dominated field, I was looking for something different. I just wanted to be challenged in a completely, completely new way. That's a, that's really great that you actually bring it up because all the engineers I worked with, worked at my company were all male engineers. And so I wonder now that you're asking this if that also shaped my decision to come to full stack because I was used to being surrounded by male engineers while doing recruiting for those teams. And at the time I was there, I, I hired a couple of female engineers, but mostly male engineers because they were the one who had the experience. They had been in the field for several years. Um, and I feel like the people who are now in boot camps, like it will take them a few years to 
essentially ramp up to be able to enter in the roles that we were hiring for. I totally agree. I think, you know, boot camps have been around for four or five years, and they've always been pretty good about including women and um, prioritizing, like getting women to apply and getting women in the door. But then everybody graduates into basically a junior engineer or junior developer role, right? And now we're five years in and we're kind of starting to see those women who graduated four or five years ago are now in like positions of power, hiring positions, actually leading teams. And I think like this year and beyond, we're going to kind of start seeing those original uh, female bootcamp grads like really start to be a dominant force in in tech. So um, I'm excited about it. I like that you mentioned that. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of time uh, until there's more diversity and and more more equal distribution among engineers. And that's very exciting to me. Well, Ellie, I think, you know, a lot of students that I talk to make their final decision about a boot camp when they visit the campus and like feel if it's a good fit. And you already mentioned that it wasn't super important to you to go to an all women's boot camp. Like, Mm -hmm. did you visit full stack and like, did you see women in the classrooms or like women teaching and how important was that to kind of like see people like you actually learning and, and. Yeah. So I I visited uh, full stack and Grace Hopper. I visited both. Um, What mostly attracted me to full stack was the collaborative environment. Because some of the bootcamps are very competitive and you can see that it's a little more, um, I don't want to say cutthroat, but that's the only word that comes to mind in terms of the student atmosphere and how the students are relating to each other. Full stack is all about being one group of students helping each other with the fellows, with the instructors, and having the support from the, the care success team and from the student specialists to make sure that it's a friendly and supportive environment. And that's something that really attracted me here. Cool. Yeah, I think... Maybe even if it wasn't super clear at the time, like subliminally, it's got to be cool to like go to a boot camp and see Karen at the front of the classroom, right? Like, definitely, yeah. Um, and um, Karen, I remember we talked about how you had done FSA, like Full Stack Academy, and the fact that I still remember our conversation says something about you know the impact it had. I'm like, oh yes, this could be me too, and I could fit in here. And this person is super friendly and approachable, and and I want to be like that as well. You know, a kick-ass engineer, but still a, a good person who's not just hid- hiding in the basement or playing vi- playing video games all day, even though yeah. I play <laughs> video games too um, on the side. Yeah, so that was really great when I visited here. Okay, y'all. So yes, traditional education is getting better in terms of including women. I think we're doing uh, making strides across the board, but there are still about twice mm-hmm. as many women in boot camps as there are graduating from CS degrees. While 18% of undergraduate computer science degrees are awarded to women, we actually find that the enrollment of women in coding boot camps has gradually increased since the first boot camps launched in 2011. And in 2017, uh, 40% of boot campers who graduated were, were women. So we're definitely getting there. We're getting closer to to gender parity because in 2015, we found that women accounted for 33% of bootcamp graduates. So that representation is growing. It's very interesting. But why do y'all think that bootcamps are better at this than traditional education? Like, in other words, why are there more women in bootcamps? Um, I think boot camps are better able to control their culture than a four year degree where you are maybe taking those classes once, you know, two to three times a week, right? As opposed to this immersive experience where we specifically hire people to help 
shape the culture the way we want it to be. Of course, we can't control that completely. We can't control what our students do or say, but we can at least create an example of how we want the culture to be. And I think that's harder for colleges to control and to do, though I do want them to try. (laughs) I think they just don't have as much control over like the student culture and what students are doing outside of class and how that bleeds into that like gender disparity. Yeah, that I love that point. That immersive experience can actually like enable boot camps to control the culture. That's such a good point. I think also just in talking with boot camp founders over the last few years, it seems like since they all come from tech, they pre- a lot of them really recognize that kind of inherent problem in the current state of tech. And so it, it almost seems like a personal mission from like the top down of many of the founders. And that kind of creates that expectation or that culture. Plus, there are so many like structural things that you can do in a boot camp to make it easier for women who may like be a sole provider or a single mother or like in a low income right. job and make it easier for, for that type of person to attend. And so, yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, for me, um, it's funny because I remember in college, my philosophy professor who was in charge of the logic classes I was taking told me that if I wanted to go any further with the topic, I had to take computer science. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, oh, no, that that's not for me. And I don't remember why I would ever think that. Like my brother's a software engineer. I had friends who were taking all sorts of STEM classes. But and it might be going towards the point that Karen was making. It's like we were not necessarily raised with the engineering toys or um, the Legos and things like that. And so I remember thinking like, oh, no, computer science, not for me. I'll stick to philosophy. But with the boot camp, because it's such a short program and you can see the results, it's like, oh, wow, I, I can go on the Full Stack Academy website and see these people who became software engineers. Mm-hmm. Like they were not. And just like me, they were doing something else. And now they are at really good companies or, you know, at startups changing the way things are. And in university or college, of course, you, you can't really see that impact and you don't necessarily have the maturity to be like, oh, if I did that, my career path would be like this versus this other major. Um, and so I think for me, when I started my career, I wasn't really thinking the long term, but now that I'm a little older and I've had the chance to work, I was like, wait, like, why can't I be a software engineer? Like, these people have done it. Um, I enjoyed logic. Why, why can't I do it? And so boot camps are placed in that sphere where it's like, I've had a chance to work and gain a better understanding of what it is that I want out of my career and who I am as a person. And I can transition when I'm ready to and be a software engineer, like all the other people who've done boot camps. Um, so that, that for me is how boot camps are pretty powerful in that sense and enable women to be who they wanted to be all along, maybe without realizing it um, and fulfilling their potential. Yeah, Ellie, that your point about like having role models and seeing those success stories is so huge. It's probably like contributes to a lot of the reasons that girls drop out of STEM subjects in their teens. And it only continues on into college and beyond that. And Karen and Ellie are both now role models for the future generation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just starts the cycle. I love it. 
So we were talking a little bit about some of those structural things that boot camps can do um, to make their programs more conducive to women. There are like part-time options, flexible scheduling, mentorship, um, scholarships that are kind of working towards that solution. But Karen, could you describe deferred tuition for our listeners who don't know? Sure. Um, Our Grace Hopper program, one of the things that we do to try to lower some of those barriers, like we talked about the invisible barriers earlier, right? But we still want the barrier to be as low as possible for women to apply to our programs. So deferred tuition is the idea that you don't pay up front. Instead, you might give some kind of deposit just to hold your place, but then you don't actually pay the boot camp back your full tuition until you get a job. It's kind of like taking out a loan, except that you don't have to pay it back until and unless you get that full-time job that you were seeking in the first place. We're essentially putting our money where our mouth is. Like we're gonna get you, we are going to help you change your careers. And this is the way that we are taking some of that risk off of you. Why do you think that deferred tuition is important specifically for an all women's program? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, deferred tuition could help many more people than just women, right? But a lot of times, um, you know, women might be more likely to be in other careers and making that career transition. And so they might have dependents, might not be able to like, take that large financial risk um, in order to, you know, restart their career in this way. And so it is another way that, you know, lowers that barrier to start the application process to actually jump in. It's a safety net that um, minorities in this field, so women and other minorities might not have as much of that um, safety net as maybe the traditional like white Asian male that we see in computer science programs. Yeah, I think deferred tuition is a really cool option and obviously reduces risk and just kind of aligns the incentives of the school and activates the the school's commitment to whatever type of diversity they're they're bringing into the school, right? Yeah, it's a cool thing. And when we look at gender parity in boot camps, one thing that we found is that in online boot camps, 49.5% of online graduates are women. So in that little subset of coding boot camps, women are almost equally represented. Karen, Full Stack Academy runs a remote course. Do you find that there are more women in that class than in the in-person classes? Oh, good question. Um, Yeah, I actually taught the remote class last cohort. And I think if I were to look at the average over all of the cohorts, I don't know exactly what it would be. I do think there are more men than women, but it is much more equal than our co-ed course. Um, I would say our the last cohort, the one that I taught, was about 40% women. Yeah. I think, you know, if an in-person immersive boot camp removes like a lot of barriers uh, that a like CS degree can't remove, an online program removes even more, right? So I think that's an interesting For place sure. to, to keep an eye on and keep looking at. Yeah, definitely. And our remote program actually is still immersive. It's just not on campus. And so um, it's the exact same program. You just uh, don't have to worry about moving to another city and like leaving your support group or maybe you have dependents 
and not having to leave that environment in order to get your education. Yeah, I love that. Right. It's the exact same time commitment, but even like not having to leave that support group makes it even more conducive to women, obviously doing, doing the program. So I think that's really cool. Okay, y'all, I want to talk a little bit about employers. So Karen, you spoke earlier about getting more women building products to help improve like a company's bottom line. McKinsey reports that companies in the, that are in the top quartile for gender diversity are 15% more likely to outperform against industry standards. So like it is clear from many perspectives that it benefits companies to hire more women. But companies can't hire women engineers that don't exist, right? <laughs> um, there's clearly a pipeline problem. So Karen and Ellie, because I'm sure that you've talked to employers as part of the Full Stack Fellowship. How have employers responded to the idea of an all-women's coding boot camp? Yeah, so it's been received very positively. So there are companies that have come to us specifically to look at um, our Grace Hopper program because they are looking for this diversity. And so they have realized, you know, you quoted that study, that diversity is going to improve their products and improve their workplace. Um, So a lot of times companies will come to us, generally larger companies with these diversity initiatives will approach us wanting to come to our um, demo day and hiring days and, and look at the women from our program. Um, but also we get a few start smaller startups that may not have that diversity initiative yet, but are at the point where they see, you know, the data coming out and the stories of discrimination coming from places like like Uber and decide early on that they don't want to grow like those companies did. And so use our programs and boot camps in general as a great place to find good talent early on to try to build their teams with like with diversity from the ground up. Um and so that they don't end up in this in this state where, you know, they don't have any diversity on any of their engineering teams, which makes women and other minorities less likely to want to join their teams. It seems like a really good way to just kind of build in retention too. like retaining women on your tech teams is also difficult. uh, But building your team in a diverse way to begin with has got to be good for retention. Right. And something we find too, is that our Grace Hopper alumni and women who have graduated from full stack also form this network with the greater, you know, um, all of their male peers as well. But from this network that they are like, when you graduate from one of these programs as a woman, you have this network of people at these companies that are like specifically rooting for you. And they are also a really big part of pushing their companies to hire more women, to hire more diversity. And so it's kind of like you said, we once we have people graduating, then they become role models. They're able to become a network of support at the in these companies for the women coming into the field, which I think is really cool. Something else that I really like that Full Second Grasshopper is doing is that the hiring day where the companies come on campus to meet the students is the same for Full Stack and Grasshopper. So even if the company is not looking specifically to hire in a diverse way, they'll still have to meet with 50% women, essentially, maybe a little less than 50% because the Full Stack cohort tends to be a little bigger. Um, but there will be that diversity at hiring day um, and in the resume book that is sent out. And I really appreciate that. Well, we 
can't talk about the employer side, I guess, without talking about compensation, right? Because it's not just about representation and getting women in the door. It's also about compensating them fairly. I just read a study from Comparably that shows that women that are new to the tech workforce, so they're like women between 18 and 25 years old, make 29% less than men in the same age group um, working in the same jobs. And when we look at coding bootcamp graduates, they don't really escape that disparity. They're employed similarly, like they're just as likely to be employed, but women still see a lower average salary than male bootcamp graduates. How do you think bootcamp graduate can choose a company that will be a good fit for you as a woman? Like, are there examples of companies that you think do this well? Are there like certain tells uh, that you can see in a company as they're, as they're hiring developers from Fullstacker Grace Hopper? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so when you're choosing a company, um, not just like so negotiations almost like this whole separate thing that, that we can talk about in a moment but asking asking the right questions during that interview process and remembering that it's not just them that's interviewing you as a woman but you are also interviewing the company and some of the tells that I would look for is is the senior staff diverse in some way are there people are there women in power at this company, whether it's in engineering or not, um, that can be a very big tell and can and can do a lot for the culture of the company. But even if that's not the case, like there are companies that maybe they are not that diverse right now, but are trying to be and like you are their, their attempt to grow in that way, then you'd want to ask like, about the cultivation of the engineering so far, like ask them about their strategies and how they would like to see the team grow in the next six six months. Like is diversity a part of that? Is culture important to them? Also, I'd say like, again, going back to the network of having this group of people that's on your side, like tapping into that and asking them about their workplace. Like, where do you work? Do you like it? What are the things that you wish you had asked when you first um, went into this company or when you were interviewing, um, we highly encourage our seniors and alumni to schedule coffee chats with both alumni at many different companies, like our own alumni, and also just reaching out to engineers at companies and saying, hey, let's just get coffee. I want to ask you about your experience at this company. Yeah, that's so cool. I think a school's alumni network is probably its biggest value add, right? Like not only for a warm lead in terms of like getting your next job, but also just like you were mentioning, you know, you have kind of an in at so many different companies and they can like be honest with you about the the culture at the company and, you know, how it's going. So yeah, that's really good advice. Ellie, you're about to start the job search, right? Or have you already started it? Like where are you in that process and how do you feel about it? So as a fellow, we get to start our job search three weeks before graduating from the fellowship. So I started last week reaching out to alums, um, getting coffee chats with them. And then I'm just trying to get ready for hiring day next week, which is when ca- uh, companies are going to be coming to campus. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm getting my first phone screens, which is very exciting. Um, I've been sending out my resumes uh, to companies that are interesting to me, where I've met fellows from or alums from who most of them have been fellows themselves. Um, So I'm excited, nervous, a little anxious. And to go back to the point about negotiating, 
the salary, that's also something I'm thinking a lot about. So I've been reaching out to my own fellows, people who graduated from the fellowship about three months ago now, um, to see how they managed the job search, uh, the negotiation part. And I think I've been very lucky because my fellows have been very transparent with me on, on how all of that went. And it gives me a sense as to what to expect now that I'm going through the process myself. And and for me, what's really inspiring is to see all the people that I first graduated with in October and even my fellows, everyone has a job pretty much. Um, they all made it through. So when I get that imposter syndrome, it's like, no, they made it. And so can I. I just have to go through the steps of the process and in a few months I will be what they are and, and that's reassuring. And so I try to think about that as much as I can. Um, we're also really lucky to have a really great career success team um, and negotiation is one of the workshops that they make us go through before graduation to make sure that we know what we're worth and they try to drill that, that into us so that we don't forget what it is that we can ask for as uh, software engineers graduating from full stack. So yeah, I guess the short answer is, is anxious, but excited. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to add to that. It's just one of the hardest things I think for women in negotiating, like they're, women are less likely to negotiate. And when they do, they're less assertive about like what they know that they're worth. Um, and I know that our career services is always trying to make sure that our women in particular know that like when they get an offer, the job isn't to like profusely thank them for that offer, but to take your time, see if that is a fair compensation package and always negotiate to see if you can get more because that's, be honest, that's what a man would do and should do. Everyone should do that. And I'm happy to say, because I was talking with our career services yesterday, that I think because of them always being on our, like <laughs> on our women's cases on like, you know, ask for more, you are worth this, like you are worth it, know what you're worth. Um, the gender disparity between the salaries that our women and men are paid is actually comparable. Um, and I think that's because of the very close mentorship. That's something you don't get from a, a college, right? You don't get someone that is like, let me, like, tell me exactly what they said. I can help you um, negotiate a better offer. I know, like, I can help you know what you're worth and help you get what it is that you want out of this program, um, which is another thing a boot camp can give women that maybe a traditional CS degree cannot. Yeah, and all the women on the career success team are pretty um, experienced and also strong women who will be there uh, to tell us that we're worth more um, should we get an offer that they don't think is at the right level. So I feel very lucky to have them, you know, kind of watching my back as I go through this process. I read a Wall Street Journal article, I think. If I'm misquoting it, then sorry, Wall Street Journal. But that said that if you want a higher salary, just change your name to a man's name or a gender neutral name, which I think is so pathetic. But, you know, short of that, there are so many other things <laughs> that we can do to close that salary gap. And it sounds like having that backup that, you know, someone in your corner really helps which is very neat. Right. Yeah. There are unfortunately definitely like biases and stereotypes that are going to work against women and other minorities, you know, going back to like the name on your resume. But thankfully there are ways that we can essentially in the negotiation process, be firm and fight against those biases by saying, I know that I am worth this amount and I know that I can get this amount somewhere else if need be. Totally. Do you think that it's a boot camp's responsibility to help women break 
into tech? And like, do you think that we could be doing more? Are there things that you'd like to see Full Stack or Grace Hopper like be able to do in the future? Yeah, definitely. I do think that there is a bit of responsibility there on boot camps to try to achieve as much gender equality as possible to try to help fix a bit of that gender gap, help close it. Um, but I don't think they can fix everything. I think that boot camps are a band-aid for the gender imbalance. Like they really allow a lot more women to get over those like initial barriers of a CS degree and like it's easier to make that second career change but i think that to really move forward we need to fix the like socialization happening in the younger generation like media and games and toys and i do think that's starting to happen which is really awesome um and something i'd like to see boot camps do a better job of is um i'm very proud of our grace hopper program because we are now graduating almost 50 percent men and women right um but that's something i have noticed is because of the deferred tuition for example it does tend to lower the number of women in the co-ed environment and that's something that i'd love for boot camps to approach and see if we can have this all-women environment which ultimately gets us more women applicants because it's lowering those barriers and graduates more women into the workforce. So net positive for sure, wonderful program. But also if we can make sure that we are making these co-ed spaces as inclusive for women as possible as well. Yeah, to piggyback on that, um, I wonder what the co-ed program would look like if different tuition was for all women across both programs um, because to give you some context my graduating class when I finished the program in October we were 32 students and we were only three women um, and 29 guys and it has gone better in the more recent cohorts who are c- currently doing the program where it's more like 20% women rather than 10 but I wonder how that would affect uh, the ratios in the future because then um, for people who went through my cohort um, it's almost a disadvantage for the men who were with me, uh, students in my cohort, to not have been able to work with more women. And I wonder how that may affect them once they enter the workforce. They were all wonderful people. I, I absolutely adored everyone in my cohort. Um, but I, I would be curious to see their perspective and whether they would have enjoyed working with more women if it had been like a 50-50 ratio, closer to what the, the entire cohort was when you added Grace Hopper to full stack. Yeah, for sure. I think that the all women cohort is really great for many women. Like it helps, it allows them the confidence to like get into the door. Um, but like Ellie said, I think it, I think it's also good for the men in our program to be surrounded by and working with the women in their program. Totally agree. Well, Ellie and Karen, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate you coming, talking about what boot camps are doing right, what can be improved, and you both had such a cool perspective. Ellie, you as a student, and Karen, you as an instructor. So thanks so much for being here. And thank you to those of you who have been listening. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to learn more about these schools, you can read reviews on Course Report, and you can also head to fullstackacademy.com or gracehopper.com to learn more. And we love feedback, so please email us at hello at coursereport.com and let us know who you'd like to hear from on the next Course Report podcast. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. See you next time.